This episode goes out to my narcissistic ex. No, straight up narcissist ex. And the guy I dated before him that was also highly narcissistic that used my podcast against me as ammo. Said, you shouldn't have a podcast. You're still codependent. You co- you podcast about this shit and you still struggle. Well, here's a listener message I received after my previous episode where I admitted that what they said and that was getting to me. And I'm back at it. Won't stop. Can't stop. And if you empty, soulless motherfuckers listen, shout out to you. Thanks for letting me continue to know what's right and what's wrong. Hi, Ash. My name's Victoria. I'm a longtime listener, but haven't reached out before. Um, I just heard your latest episode and they've all made such a big difference in my life. I turn them on whenever I know I need some extra help snapping out of some codependency mindset. Um, And they're always so effective just with your authenticity and genuineness and everything you're doing. In your last episode, you said you weren't sure how much of a difference it was making or helping, but I wanted to let you know it's helping me at least. Um, And whether you're feeling down right now or not, just wanted to let you know that um, it does make a big difference. So thank you so much and we love you no matter what. Okay, bye. Hello, hi, welcome to Codependent and Shit. What's up, guys? Haven't recorded in a couple weeks. I left off on a weird note. Like, some of y'all probably might have thought I went off the deep end. (laughs) But I didn't, I swear to God. I have 23 days sober today. Woo woo. Um, I've done this before. This is not my first round of almost being to 30 days. I've made it to 30 days, but I've never really made it past the 30 days right around 30 days is when I relapse so this time I have a lot more faith but I'm not going to put expectations on myself but uh more than likely I feels like uh should I should I'm really into it this time I'm really taking my recovery seriously um and like I mentioned on my last episode me being sober is a huge part of healing these other things with the podcast is about largely like codependency and toxic relationships and uh this chase for validation from external things it all ties into substance abuse usually because you'll seek that validation and that fill from anything a relationship and an emotionally unavailable person um or (laughs) could be so many things shopping there's just you're just you're always running away from yourself and a huge thing I do in those is run away to drugs and alcohol. That's all I've ever done. That's my favorite thing to do. I love, I, I fell in love with alcohol when I first discovered it. Um, and drugs that will just make me feel nothing. So I'm, I'm doing well. I'm working my program. I am in it. I have a sponsor. I'm taking it serious. I'm on my fourth step. And... I just want to say there's stipulation with these words, you know, like I hear a lot of people say, I don't like the word alcoholic. I don't like the word addict. I don't like the word recovery. I don't like the word relapse. They're just fucking words that are just 
just like codependency is a word, it's all a label, but it is what it is. Like, we don't have to put so much meaning behind it. It's just a way to explain what's going on, the fem- the phenomenon we are experiencing. Um, and I don't know why people are... I don't, I don't love the words either, but the word recovery isn't scary to me because, yo, like, that's what this is. Like, I've been working on myself so hard and trying to heal these these uh interpersonal things about me the way I relate to other humans in unhealthy ways and trying to heal my abandonment wounds and you know my reactions and um leading with my emotions and all of that stuff um it goes with recovery that's recovery you need to recover in that aspect and then recovery also from running to substances that can kill you and that's what I what I do also it all goes hand in hand it's all recovery like y'all a bitch needs to recover went through a lot of shit that's something I want to say about step work is like if you need therapy and you can't afford therapy go into a 12-step program the steps are like free therapy it is inventory it makes you realize things you haven't realized about things you've been through resentments you have towards people through your whole life and also not only that but your role in everything because you do have a role and we are not fucking victims no one's a victim we choose these things and until you can have accountability you can't move past the stuff because no one is a victim things don't just happen to you like yes they happen but you play a role and that's a really big thing that's smacking me in the face and that I want to talk about on this episode and I just really wanted to mention, though, about, like, working the steps and how you... There's so many 12-step programs, bro. Like, you can get a 12-step program for codependency, um, alcohol, narcotics, um, sex and love addiction. Um, there's so many. Um, but it's it's literally free therapy. If you get a good sponsor, which you might have to shop around a little bit. I'm on my third sponsor in a few months. Um, but she's my favorite and I had to find the right fit and I'm really like on it and do these steps or it is, it's stuff that I didn't even touch on in therapy. I did therapy. I've done all the things. These are things I didn't ever touch on in, in all those therapy sessions. So yeah, um, I recommend it and give it your all put in the effort. No one's going to fucking do this stuff for you. Put in the effort and um, you get what, there's promises, and they're, they get fulfilled, um, but it takes footwork, so, but, um, I, I'm on my fourth step right now, and that's, it's a big one, because it's all about, a lot about resentment, and, um, making a list of the people you're resentful at, and then you also do, like, inventory, and, like, your role in all these things, that, like, you're, if you feel victimized by these people, but you have a role in it in some way. No matter what you think, you do have a role. And it really is a slap in the face of accountability for me. That I and myself have my character defects. I am not perfect. I am not a victim. Um, but I'll get into that a little bit more. Because something I wanted to talk about on this episode is a big one for if for I know most of my listeners because you guys reach out to me um 
most of my listeners are people that are like die hard trying to heal and get better and move on from a trauma bond and more than likely they're trauma bonded to a narcissistic type of person usually that's the case that's a lot of what my content's about and um I know it's very common because this is how they all work. They all run on the same motherfucking cycles. They all, it's like they all got a handbook when they became a narcissist or, or highly narcissistic. There's like this handbook that goes out and they all like make sure that they are running on the same cycles and patterns and behaviors. It's like fucking clockwork. It is so creepy. And I'm telling you, bro, this shit is demonic and I will say it. Till I die, this shit is demonic. This shit is spiritual warfare. And it is tearing people down. It is destroying families, taking lives. Like, it's fucked up. And it is what brought me to my knees and led me to recovery, thank God. That's the only positive silver lining I can say is that if I didn't get into a relationship with um, my narcissistic ex, I wouldn't have gotten into recovery. I wouldn't have gotten sober. Like, I had to get brought to my knees by this and realize, like so much um but what i want to say is what the topic is what not what but like when they have new supply when you get the confirmation they found new supply when you get you either been discarded or they discarded um you discarded them and they found new supply and you're like damn that was fast and usually i mean if not probably always they moved on that fast because they lined that shit up when you were still together they knew they got their little fucking sixth sense was like she's getting over it or she sees me for who i truly am she's not filling me up anymore thinking i'm the best person the mask has fallen she knows i'm a fucking (laughs) i'm a empty shell of a human and the act is the jig is up man and they have to start lining up that new supply because this is how they live they function off this this supply so they probably lined up that chick or that dude before you even broke up so the fact that they're in a new relationship within like a week two weeks a month it's not surprising it's how it always goes so that doesn't change the fact that it it probably hurt you it probably hurts you to see this right i can relate i was the one that moved on from my narcissist. He will probably... I, I already know he tells everyone, including her. I, I don't even need to know. I don't even need to come. I know he tells her uh, I'm like the crazy one. That I um tried to get him back. That I blah, blah, blah. There was communication because um he did so much fucking psychological warfare on my mind. That there was part of me. And I did struggle to break the trauma bond. I did make contact, but ultimately I am the one that ended the relationship. He is the one that tried to hoover me back in. That's what they do. They try to suck you back in. They try to tell you everything you want to hear. Homeboy was like, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to do this. And guess what? I said, no, he wanted to be friends. He, he wanted any attempt. And I said, no, I said, no. I said like, you know, we need to work on ourselves and it that wasn't easy the whole thing was a nightmare and I you know went down the tubes dealing with it all but I ended that shit so they're definitely probably telling the new supply that you're crazy that you you did everything wrong that this and that blah 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 um I even noticed that the new supply has already blocked me which is hilarious because he obviously like was afraid I might warn her 
So he made sure that she's already has me blocked. But anyways, I didn't for sure know, and I'm recording this episode because I got confirmation of there being new supply, finally. I didn't need to know, but my dumbass decided to lurk. I did, I did lurk. Um, because I'm human and I still slip up and do shit. I'm in recovery, but I still have those weak moments and character defects that I'm working on and I slipped up. So I wasn't surprised because I know how these motherfuckers work. They always are lining up new supply. So I knew he probably was working on this when we were like starting to really like be done, but I didn't. I don't know, there's there's this little tiny part of me that was like, maybe he didn't, maybe he's like alone, maybe he's working on himself, like who, who, that would, yeah, that would be, that would be practical and smart, but of course not, he, I was able to see his Instagram page that is public, all of a sudden, now that my page is public, so weird, and some creep Instagram account watched my story, so weird, so, I saw that they got together, like, really shortly after we broke up. And that she works at one of the places he was working at. And I fucking knew it. Like, and so when I saw the pictures and I saw he's totally, like, you know, pretending he's into shit she's into. And, you know, putting on his front. Like, he's this great dude mirroring her. Like, it's so pathetic and disgusting. But it did hurt. And there's that part of you that I know... I know so many of you know what this feels like. You're kind of like... Is she getting a better version of him? Did he change for her? Did he... Um, it just makes you feel inadequate a little bit. And like a little insecure. You can't... It's it's normal and natural to feel that way. When you see something like this. But the answer and the reality is that you got to remind yourself of is no. She's not getting a better version of him. She might be if it's the early stage. Y'all know how long it takes for that mask to come down. She's getting the, she might be getting the love bombing if it just started. She might be getting, but there's no way that he's changed for her. He didn't take any motherfucking time to heal. Did he go to therapy? Did he go get fucking psychoanalyzed? Because he probably did. Did he get fucking exor- an exorcism done? Because that's what they really fucking need. Because <laughs> if he didn't, then he's still the same. And he's going to be just as abusive to her. He's not going to make her happy. He's not going to make anyone happy because he or she has no ability to love another person. There's not enough love in themselves. They do not experience feelings like normal people they're not fucking normal people it's sad and it's sick but it's just is what it is they're human leeches and they leech off people emotionally and drain you dry of your light and your identity and everything and you know how this feels it's the worst most disgusting feeling ever and I just want to I wanted to record this because I just know what some of you are going through if you found this episode if you searched for this episode you found this episode because you're like saw the new supply and it's making you question and I just want to I don't even need to know this motherfucker to tell you that it's not different with this new supply and it's not going to be and more than likely this new supply is going to reach out to you and be like Blah, blah, blah. Can you tell me, like, what you experienced your relationship? He's super abusive. Blah, 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 Because it's the same shit, different chick. It's, it, or different dude. They just run on the same cycles. They're just looking. The best analogy for these types of people that I've ever heard and has always stuck with me is that they are a cigarette. These people, us too, we were just a cigarette and they are chain smokers. We are not special. We are all just cigarettes to them. They are just 
smoke it butt on the ground. You're just a butt on the ground. They might, if you got a little bit left in you, they might come back and pick you back up and smoke that shit, which is gross for both of us. But, um, like, don't let them be the cigarette butt that says no. That's what we're doing. Um, so that's gonna kind of like turn into what my else I wanted to touch on with this shit is. We have all these resentments towards these people that we were in these relationships with, right? Like, so much resentment, and we're such a victim. Here's the harsh reality. And this is what I'm recording about because I just worked my fourth step, and I decided to jump ahead, even though he wasn't on my list of names until later. I'm working my fourth step about him because I'm feeling a lot of, like, you know, stuff after seeing the new girlfriend, seeing this poor chick. And she has a kid, of course. Bro, side note, why do they... They always go after vulnerable women. If you were a single mom, it's like they... They're like... They know you're vulnerable. They know, like, you've been through some shit probably. That you kind of think that the dating pool isn't as available to you because you're a single parent. And... It's literally like... The, he, of course, went for a single mom. Another single mom. And then I'm like, bro. And she's younger than me. I'm like, of course you did. She was like the fucking prime target. He realized, like, single moms are where it's at. Because I was, like, the first one. Oh, no. I don't even think I was the first one. <laughs> Anyways. On my fourth step inventory about him, I have to put down my role in all these resentments. And in every resentment on my entire list of my roles... It was, I let him, I didn't leave, I stayed with him, I had an expectation, I, you know, I, it was, I, a lot of it was I stayed with him, or I didn't put my foot down, I didn't make my boundaries firmer, I was a part of it. So, as much as we want to sit and just fucking stew in victim mode and be like, he hurt me, he abused me, he did this, he did this for three years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years... You had an active role in it because, unfortunately, you don't leave. You keep going back. You know what's going on. You know he's a fucking piece of shit, abusive, empty shell of a fucking human who has only proved to be that and probably showed you right away because the homeboy showed me right away and I ignored it. I chose to. And if they're super hot, that that is usually, like, a big factor. Like, hate to say it, but, like, being shallow... I'm kind of shallow, dude. And I was, like, willing to really, really uh, ignore some super red flag behavior because he was so hot. And, I mean, and they also, in the beginning, they're mirroring you and you think they're your soulmate and that they're perfect for you and that they're, like, sent from God. Um, Because that's part of their manipulation is they really love to, like, play on that. Like, I'm your soulmate. Oh, my God, this is meant to be. Oh, my God, the notebook. Dude, me and homie, like... I'm not even kidding. He told me he loved me within three weeks. And I I was, I'm such a like sap, low key, like super, um, romantic. Like I like love that sappy shit. I'm so like sensitive and deep, even though I don't really reveal that to people. But so when he told me he loved me, I knew it was too soon. I knew everything was too soon, but I also had like people in my life, uh, validating it they're like that's normal like it can be like this like it's like like it's out of a fucking movie like no bro if it's like that kind of love out of a movie it's more than not toxic and unhealthy because all these fucking movies really normalized unhealthy relationships that are super intense super gnarly up and down chaotic passion equals chaos and 
flagging me down when I'm on a train leaving. Like this shit is that's not normal. That and but we believe like oh this fairy tale movie shit. No. Him saying I love you and moving so fast in the first few weeks should have been a huge red flag. And I was just like, you know, oh my God. It's so romantic. I remember when he came over the night after, the night he said he loved me, he showed up at the door and I jumped into his arms like we were on the fucking notebook. Like, I'm not even kidding. And kissed him like it was the notebook. Like, so lame. And now I look back at it, it's so ridiculous. And I just wanted it so bad to be like the notebook. But... Even that movie, I'm pretty sure, was based on, like, a really unhealthy relationship and dynamic. Um, but it's, like, I ignored those things. Like, if it feels like addiction and, like, pa- like su- overly consuming passion and, and you're on, like, a, on, like, a, it's hard to explain, but that bot that feeling in your gut, it's not healthy, dude. You shouldn't feel like they take your breath away, literally. I don't think anything that takes your breath away is healthy. Just think about it. Taking your breath away, that just sounds bad for you. It is. <laughs> so, um, anyways, our issue here, even though we want to be the victim, is we're not just the victim. We are the active participant that chose to stay with these people. I don't care how long it went on for. You didn't leave right when it was time to go. Your gut, whatever told you, though, this ain't it, girl. This ain't it, dude. Like this is not right and you ignored it for whatever reason whatever you concoct in your head of why it's okay because we'll do that there's this voice that's like but they do this but but like they're sometimes they're so amazing because yeah there's that cognitive dissonance that's part of the manipulation cycle is they give you this like really amazing version of them sometimes only sometimes and um so that'll keep you holding on and they showed you this like amazing over the top person because that keeps you holding on like example mine one day when I was PMSing showed up with flowers and chocolate would clean my fridge would clean would do the dishes would these things all tapered off but like he would do these things and so then when we would I would see that really awful disgusting side of him I would be like but he's so great other times because yeah they ain't gonna show you the shitty side all the time otherwise you would have never been down in the first place they have to show you this but it's all a fucking act all manipulation and the longer we remain in cognitive dissonance we just remain in misery because we're so confused what end is up we are drowning and we're like yo what who is he really who is she really we don't know you really don't even know and that's why the most important work you can do is working on your boundaries and your your motion your your ability to move through what your convictions are like not just realizing something and just saying oh but i'm just going to keep trying i'm going to stick it out stop having hope for them to fucking change cuz they're not going to change it's having the guts to fucking take the action there's only so much awareness you can have you will drown in the sea of awareness you need to get the fuck out put in the footwork and that requires a level of self-respect and love and that's work that's a lot of work i've been working on that so hard for years it's hard dude if you were in a if you grew up in a home where you were shamed, if you grew up with any childhood trauma and abuse, 
all I know is fucking abuse. Every relationship I've been in, every, my caregiver relationships, everything has been abuse, abusive and controlling. And uh, my self-worth was always chipped away at. So of course my, my self-worth was literally like in the negative. Um, and my life played out with that being very evident. And now it's like, it's gotten so much better, but I still struggle because I could have walked, I should have walked away from this man the second time I saw him. I knew, but I didn't, I didn't. But all we can do is learn from these experiences. And I promise you that you will get better and better at, if you really start doing it, you'll get better and better at walking away and having the boundaries and sticking with the boundaries. If you struggle with codependency and you struggle with people pleasing and boundaries in general every time you set a boundary you're gonna question it and feel like did I do the right thing you're gonna feel like oh no did I upset them oh no like that's totally fucking normal I still struggle with setting boundaries I still feel guilt after I set a boundary but the people that are healthy are not gonna make you feel bad for setting a boundary and the people that are unhealthy do get mad and do get a little like weird so just keep that in mind because that's a really helpful thing to notice because I notice that a lot of people get upset with boundaries and those are the toxic people they like reveal themselves so we just got to keep working on these like boundaries is fucking everything it's not it sounds cliche but it's so true and if you're trying to heal codependency and you're trying to filter out these types of people that you wind up wanting you got to start working on this stuff you got to start not only working on it not only having awareness on it but putting in the footwork to fucking leave And that's why, at the very least, I can congratulate my goddamn self on walking away so much sooner from this relationship than I would have in the past. My old self would have dragged this on for years and been in misery and made everyone around me miserable. And my life would have went down the tubes. And I did struggle, but I also am at my... It brought me to where I need to be, which is like in recovery and sober and like not even just sober, ready to be sober. Like I've been fighting this for, I don't know, I found letters I wrote to myself and like before I even had my son, I was like 22, 23 of wanting to be sober and knowing that I'm just self-medicating, that I am in a constant state of like self-sabotage and misery and just hating the fucking person I was, but I was not ready to admit that I was an alcoholic that I'm an addict that I have to get rid of the substances I have to stop numbing out I was not ready to surrender to recovery but now I am and I honestly wouldn't have got here if I didn't go through that terrible relationship so um I think I'm gonna wrap up the episode now on that note and um I hope that whatever I said and offered could be helpful to you I love you guys so much I love the messages I get um this podcast keeps me going so I'm gonna keep it going but if I'm not uh, regular, like weekly. I just have a lot going on and, you know, I don't do this for money. I do get some tiny bit of money because of the anchor ads, but I don't like, this doesn't, I do nothing. There's no other reason I do this besides that it's helping and that I get messages of people saying it helps them. And that makes me feel good. It makes me want to keep going and feel like I'm doing something right because I get in my head just as much as you guys do about like, oh, I'm, fucking still like this I'm still doing these things I'm backsliding it's you know I do it too I might I can be my own worst enemy but that's a choice we can silence that voice you have control all right you guys I love you 
I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Thank you.